Hey, this is Micah Bosworth. I'm the pastor here at Ridgepoint, and this is our sermon podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this is an encouragement to you. Hope it helps to build your faith. And I hope it helps you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter number 25. Are you there this morning? And we're going to look at a parable uh, spoken by the Lord Jesus as we uh, dive into our series for the month of November. And I'll explain a little bit of what we're going to be talking about with that. But it's uh, a series entitled Don't Talk About Money. And it's a series where we're going to talk about money, all right? We're going to go through what does the Bible say about our finances? What does the Bible say about what we should do with them, specifically in the area, of course, uh, as you might have well expected, of giving, of service, of generosity, uh, not only to the Lord and his work in the local church, but also just in general, being a generous person as the New Testament uh, seems to very often bring up that Christians would be like, that we would be generous people that consistently are giving out as an outflow of our love for God and our love for people. And uh, so we're going to look at that a little bit this, uh, this month, and uh, specifically, as I'll say in just a moment in the message, uh, because this is what a lot of people know the holiday season is the season of giving. And so uh, let, since we're already kind of thinking about giving, let's talk about it. And uh, we'll get into it this morning. But Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to read verses 14 through probably about 27, maybe all the way to verse uh, 30. But the Bible says this. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered the, unto them his goods. And unto one uh, of them he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged it in the earth, and hid his Lord's money after a And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou hast deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me two talents. Behold, I've gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed, and I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. Uh, His Lord answered him and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. He would have gained interest on it. Uh, Let's go ahead and just ask the Lord to bless this time before we get too far into the message and uh, to speak to us this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning and we've read your word. It is your word. It is 
uh, living. It's an active book, Lord, and we know that you want to speak to us this morning. And so, God, would you help us to uh, take what we hear, and Lord, not just to be hearers of the word, but as James said, to be doers of it. Lord, to be able to apply this to the way that we live, even this week, Lord, help us to do so. We pray this on Jesus' name, amen. All right, to to get started with uh, our series this morning, uh, we're gonna talk about money, so how about we just start and we'll go around and we're gonna just one by one say how much we make in a year and how much we pay for mortgage and rent. All right, you wanna start us in the back over here? Some of you, I, I looked at some of you and you tensed up really like a lot when I said that. Why? Money's an awkward topic, right? Uh, money is one of those topics we just, we just don't seem to want to talk about. In fact, uh, some of us completely avoid the topic in our marriages. Like we try not to talk about money too much in our marriage because it's, it's just a topic that's not only awkward to talk about, and, and I don't know necessarily why, we've just kind of made it an awkward topic, uh, maybe because of class systems and all of these type of things in the economy and society, but for whatever reason, we've made it an awkward topic, but it's also a divisive topic. Uh, I mean, everyone has their own idea on how to use your money and how you should invest your money and what you should invest your money into. And I'm sure if we talked about that uh, between ourselves at all here, we'd have differing opinions on what you should do with that, um, on what you should spend your money on, we would even differ on. I know in our, our own marriage, uh, and we've joked about this before, I think in some of the small groups, that, uh, that me, I'm perfectly willing to waste money on food. Because to me, it's like, we're, I mean, it's food, right? I mean, we, if we go anywhere, Rebecca's like, why do you spend so much money on food? Because it's food. It's sustenance. You know, it sustains us. It's what gives us strength and, and nourishment to do what we need to do in the day. Um, and then on the flip side, I'm like, why do you spend so much money on decorations for our home? And Rebecca's like, it's because we see it every day. It's like right there in front of our face. And we just have, you know, different uh, ideas on how we should spend our money. And, you know, in a marriage, there's compromise there. And you got to figure out what, uh, what you're going to do, especially if you're going to budget and things like that. Uh, but but we, it's just a divisive topic and an awkward topic because all of us have different people or different people telling us what to do with our finances and different ideas on what to do with our own finances. But uh, what I, what I want to, uh, and really I should even say this, uh, it's an awkward topic for pastors to talk about. <laughs> uh, it's, in fact, if I'm being honest, I, tr- I, I almost purposed in my own heart to never talk about giving, like to never bring up money ever in my ministry. Um, the Lord had other plans, but, um, but I, it's just an awkward topic even for pastors, and so some pe- pastors just don't even talk about it at all, uh, and, and in passing, uh, I know I've done this where uh, we're, we get to a portion of scripture talking about investing. We talked about where your treasure is, there where your heart be also, things like that, and, uh, and I just like, like breeze by the money part and go right into it, but it's not only money, you know, and get into what else it might mean because it's just... Uh, it, it's one of those topics, but we're going to get into it uh, this month, and uh, and I want to before we get into it dispel some common misconceptions that come about when uh, pastors talk about money. Uh, 
Some people, when the pastor starts talking about money, the first thing in their mind is, oh no, the church is in trouble, we need money. And so pastor's talking about it so that we can, and that's just not the case. Uh, and, uh, and so that, and just don't worry about that, okay? That's not why we're talking about money. We, we're not in trouble financially as a church or anything like that. Um, some people, they hear about it and they're like, oh no, pastor looked at giving statements and noticed that we're not giving very much or anything. And so he's preaching at us now. Honestly, I don't know what you guys give. <laughs> and at 90% of our uh, giving is online, and that's through a third-party company, so don't worry about that, all right? That's not why we're talking about it. Um, some people, they hear pastors talk about uh, giving, and they're like, well, a pastor wants a new car, and so he has to preach on giving so we can give more and he can afford one, and I'll just say right now, that's true. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes, you know, just, there's just all kinds of things. Some people, they're like, ah, oh, pastors, they always talk about giving, and it's just not really... The case, but there's a lot of misconceptions, really, we could go into even more misconceptions about why pastors might talk about giving, but honestly, as I prayed in preparation for what to preach this year, of course, I try to plan out the year a little bit in advance. I already know next year's theme, what we're preaching the first part of the year, all the way, I think, through about July or August right now of next year. As I was preparing for this year, and I looked at the calendar, I remember seeing November and December and Thanksgiving and Christmas falling on a, a Sunday this year and all of those things, and I was like, man, so many holidays, well, we call that the season of giving. Uh, there's songs that say they call it the season of giving, you know, all, all over uh, this time of year. And uh, the Lord kind of used that just random thought to prompt me to write down, let's talk about giving at that time. And even all the way through this whole year, I was like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change that. We're not gonna preach on that. But the Lord just uh, consistently brings me back to uh, talking about this. And, uh, and since we're already thinking about it, this holiday season, some of you maybe even already have Christmas gifts. Like you're, you've already been thinking about, how many of you already have Christmas gifts? Anyone? Really? Well, if you don't, you only got seven weeks from now, okay? 49 days until Christmas, but uh, we're already thinking about it, so let's, let's talk about it. So I understand, um, before we get even too much into the points of the message, I do understand that the passage we've read this morning is not exclusively a passage on giving, on specifically just giving to the Lord and to the uh, work of God and to other people. We'll talk a little bit more about those things in the coming weeks, but uh, this, this parable that Jesus speaks uh, or gives is a story about stewardship, about what we do with the resources that we've been given. Um, in this story, the three servants are approached by their Lord, by their uh, boss, by this rich man, and this man who's about to travel off into a far country, and he gives them divides unto them his goods, and it tells us that he gave one of them five talents, one of them two talents, and one of them one talent. And uh, a talent, of course, a lot of times I've heard this uh, parable preached uh, about giving our talents to the Lord because it uses the word talent, and it's a great application for it because our talent is a resource that we've been given, but the talent, the word talent is a weight measurement. Um, it, it was a measurement of weight that was actually about 113 pounds of, if they were using silver, uh, uh, so this was not necessarily a small amount of money. In fact, as, uh, if you were to look at it, even the guy who got one talent, that's 113 pounds of silver, uh, which would, in today's day, depending on who you're uh, reading and, and what scale they're using, uh, could be anywhere from half a million to a million dollars today. So the one guy, the guy who had one, still had a lot that was given to him, uh, but they're divided unto them the goods of their master, of their Lord, 
And it tells us that the first two servants, they took what was given to them and they, uh, they did something with it. They went and they invested it, they traded it, they worked to get more and they ended up doubling what they had. And so when the Lord comes back to, uh, to collect, they have double what he had given to them and he calls them faithful servants as a result. And then we see the last one who was given one talent that he uh, had the wrong mindset of what he was supposed to do with what he was given and he takes that those resources and what he does is he digs it into the earth he buries it and it says he leaves it there until the uh the lord comes back and asks uh to collect and he says well i i knew who you were but as we as we see uh in this passage he had a wrong mindset of who his lord was and as a result it it, uh, it affected the way that he stewarded the resources he was giving, given by his Lord. But he says, here, you have what is yours. And he's called a wicked, a lazy, a slothful servant, an unfaithful servant of the, of the resources and the, of a, stu- a steward of the resources that his Lord had given him. And for sake of time, we're not going to really do much more than just that brief synopsis of the story itself, but let me give us a little bit of the theme of this passage as we uh, go into the thought for this morning. We see the theme of this passage really is this, steward wisely the resources that you've been given by God before the Lord returns. It's really the theme of it as you look that We have been given certain resources by our God, by the Lord, and we need to steward them wisely prior to the Lord's return. And two applications that we see in the passage to make sure that we steward our resources wisely is that we have to have the right view of what we've been given. We have to have the right view of our God, of our Lord, of who uh, we've been given those things from. And uh, we see in the last servant, he didn't have a good mindset of either of those things. And so oftentimes I think that uh, the reason that we don't steward the resources that God has given us correctly, the reason we don't give to the Lord's work, the reason we aren't generous people like the Bible describes Christians to be is because like this unfaithful steward, we don't have the right view of what we've been given and we don't have a right view of our God. We have the wrong mindsets when it comes to our resources. And so today at the start of this series, before we actually even talk about the biblical promises attached to giving, we'll get into that a little bit next week, and the biblical commands to give and all of that, before we even get into all of that, let's just start by talking about having the right mindsets about giving. Uh, and, and let's just start at the area of saying, how do we get a heart of generosity, a heart to give. I think most of us would say we want to give, like we, we have a desire to be someone who's generous, who's someone who is giving to the Lord's work, but, but maybe because of the economy, because of inflation, whatever we might attach to it, we feel like we uh, don't have the ability to give. We have the heart to give or the desire to give, but just maybe not the resources. But if we're going to be giving people, if we're going to be generous people, it's going to start with the way we think about our finances. It's going to start with our mindsets and how we think. And so I want to dive into three mindsets that need to change in order for us to become the giving, the generous people that God requires of us and asks of us in the New Testament. And the first mindset we need to change is we need to go from a mindset of not enough to a mindset of more than enough. 
a, a mindset of not enough to a mindset of more than enough. The not enough mindset is this. I don't know. I don't have enough time for that. <laughs> I don't have enough uh, money to give. I don't have enough talent to get involved. I don't have enough resources. That that's the not enough mindset. You hear uh, about investing into the work of God, into the local church, about being generous and giving to others, and you think, "Well, I just don't have enough money to do that. I don't have the resources to do that. Perhaps if I had a higher income, if I had." Uh, a, a better uh, uh, account balance in my, and uh, you know, some for some of us, if I had any account balance, right, in some pl- uh, places, if I just had some more resources, then I would be able to give. I just don't have enough. But not enough is actually not about the amount. Really, if you get down to it, the mindset of not enough is not actually about the amount that we have. I know people that have $100 that say, I don't have enough. I know people who have $1,000 who say, I don't have enough. I know people who have millions of dollars who say, I don't have enough. In fact, uh, John D. Rockefeller, I think it was, one, uh, in the days of, at the height of his wealth, when he was uh, in the oil industry, he was being interviewed, and it said that as he was interviewed, someone actually asked him, how much is enough? You have all this money. How much is enough? And his answer was, just one more dollar. Just one more And so it's really not about the amount. Not enough isn't an amount. Not enough is a mindset. It's a mindset that we have. And Jesus, he gives us a pretty clear picture in our passage today that it's not about how much we've been given, but what we do with how much we've been given. All three of these men were given different amounts of resources, and yet the the application and the theme of the passage is not how much they were given it's what did they do with how much they were given Uh, you know sometimes the reason we don't have the right view of what we've been given is because we are constantly comparing what we've been given with what other people have been given sometimes we read this passage and we look at the five talent and the two talent and the one talent guy and we feel bad for the one talent guy because he didn't get as much as the two talent or the five talent person i think we fall prey to the of this this uh, thinking when we uh, even look at our own lives and everyday lives, we compare and contrast what we've been given with what other people have been given. And social media has like enhanced this even more that we see other people's vacations and other people's cars and all of that on social media right in front of us. And uh, of course my car looks run down and terrible when I compare it to all the new cars I'm seeing on my newsfeed. Or uh, of course my vacation, uh, my family vacation looks uh, a little bit less when we're constantly going to uh, another city in the same state uh, when I compare it to the person who goes to Maui every single year, right? But, uh, but, what it really comes down to is that we should be thinking, God, that we, get to do, that we get to do those things and have those things in the first place. It's not about how much we've been given or how much we get to do. It's about what we do with how much we've been given. This man, as I said a moment ago, even with the one talent, had about 113 pounds of money, which would be, as I said, calculations anywhere from half a million to a million dollars today. Does that seem like a small amount of money to you? I mean, if you compare it to someone, a billionaire maybe, right? If you're comparing it to someone who has way more, it seems like less. But just take that at face value. If I was holding a million dollars in my hand, I would not say, Psh, it's not very much money, right? Would anyone in here say that? I don't think any of us would if we're holding that amount of money. And, and really what it comes down to is what we've been given is way more than we ever actually think that we've been given. 
And yet, we all, a, a lot of times, see it as less than what it actually is. We have so much that has been given to us by God. And if we look at all that of it at face value, rather than comparing it with others, we will realize we actually have a lot. And uh, <clears throat> uh, even if you... Uh, only made like 10000 a year from the time you could start working to the time that you die, you'd still have earned over half a million dollars in your lifetime. Most of us get paid more than $10,000, even at an entry-level job uh, uh, full-time if you work all the way. And so we need to go from this mindset, if you're looking at it, we need to go from this mindset of I don't have enough to I have more than enough to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish in my life. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through four, he said this to the Corinthians, moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. What's Paul saying there? He's saying these people in a great time of affliction, of trials and, and of, uh, of hardships, and of deep poverty, we would call that like mega poor today, okay? Like mega poor people, he says, ended up giving liberally as if they were rich. Well, he's contrasting that as we're going to see in a verse later on in the passage to the Corinthians who said we want to give, but they weren't giving. He's like, yeah, okay, you guys have the resources to give and you're not giving, but look at these people who don't have the resources to give and they're actually giving. What's the difference? Their mindset. Some people think I don't have enough. I got to use it for my own self. I got to use it for my purposes rather than the purposes of the Lord. And other people say I have more than enough to accomplish all that God has given me. In their deep poverty, they were shown to be liberal givers as they were as if they were rich. Uh, and it's that's like irrational generosity if you think about it. Giving that doesn't even make sense uh, is the Macedonian givers. Uh, I remember this time that, uh, that a pastor, he wanted us to, uh, he wanted to teach us in college how good it felt to just give money. And uh, so he took a few of us college students to a mall and he handed each of us a thousand dollars. Some of us in, in ones and, and twenties and fifties, it was all kinds of things. A couple of uh, people had one hundreds in their hand. And he said, just go and start handing it out in this mall. We're in Oklahoma City. We're just handing it out. It was so much fun. I'm like, here, here. You know, we're giving money out. Here, you want 50 bucks? Here, you want 20 bucks? And just handing it out. And someone caught on what we were doing. They came up to me and they were like, hey, can I have $200? I'm like, yeah, here, you know, hand them 200 bucks. Like it was nothing. Uh, and, and it was so much fun to do all of that. I thought, you know, I, I was like, I have more than enough. You know, 200, I didn't go, oh man, I only got 1,000. I don't know if 200 is enough. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll give, I'll give you 200, no problem. I got more than enough to go around and started handing it uh, to every person that I could. And I know you hear that and you're like, well, pastor, that's easy. It wasn't your money, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, pastor, it's easy to give away someone else's money. That's a great point. In fact, let's make that point number two, <laughs> all right? It's easy to give other people's uh, money. So our mindset needs to go from it's not my resources, it's God's resources, it's not my resources, it's God's resources. Listen, all that we have is not ours. All that we have was given to us by God. 
In James chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 12 and 14, it says, Both riches and honor come of thee. This is David talking. He says, And to give strength unto all. But who am I? And what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? The amount that we're giving back, Lord. How are we able to do this? Well, here's why. For all things come of thee, and of thine own have we given thee. He said, here's how we can do it. It's all yours anyway, God, and we're giving back what's yours. That's how we're able to do this. So our mindset needs to go from my resources to God's resources. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth uh, the power to get wealth. Oftentimes we say, well, I, I worked for that money. Yeah, but who gave you the power and the strength and the ability to work to get that money? God. Everything comes from him. Romans chapter 11 says, for of him. That means everything exists because of him and through him. And, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Every single thing that we do, that we say, that we have, comes from him, flows through him, and ultimately goes to him is what Paul says. And, and so really the mindset is this, we are just managers of God's resources. We're, we're not managing our own resources, we are managers of God's resources. The Bible word for it is stewards of God's resources. How many of you, uh, for those of you who are married, how many of you say, I'm the manager of the finances in our family? Like, I, that's, that's me, I, I manage it, I balance a checkbook, I do all of that. Uh, because my, uh, m well, maybe because your spouse is incompetent. I shouldn't, I, I don't say that out loud, okay? But, uh, but some, and then some spouses are like, I'm completely incompetent. My, I, let, I let them do it. You know, it's just, you got to figure out who does it. Uh, some of us are managers of the finances. Some of us are spenders of the finances, right? There's like always one in uh, each marriage of uh, how we do this. But normally, one is the manager of the money, one is the spender of the money. And in fact, money is oftentimes, as I said a moment ago, uh, a contention point for marriages. It's a reason for a lot of divorces because it's just uh, something that can be a frustrating topic. And so I, I have this ministry friend. I have this ministry friend that he was the, technically kind of the manager of their investing and of uh, things like that. And then his wife managed the checkbook. Like she was, he was like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do the balance of stuff. I, I know how to invest a little bit, but I, I'm, I cannot do that. You do that. And she managed the finances. And they had this thing that they did when they first got married so that they could alleviate as many fights on finances as they could. Uh, they said, if anything is over a certain dollar amount, we talk to each other before the person spends that. And, you know, when you're first married and broke and all that, the amount for them was 10 bucks. <laughs> like, it, it, over 10 bucks, we talk, and then we spend. Uh, and it grew as they uh, made more money and all of that. But I, I remember him telling me that uh, there was this time that they, they had been saving. They had a good amount in their checking account. And uh, he, he was thinking, he was like, you know what, I think I can... Uh, invest this. And so he's like, we should invest this. And the wife said, no, 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 I don't want to invest. Uh, I want to keep it kind of as a safety net, just keep it in the checking account. And he said, okay. She balances the checkbook. She's, she has all that. I'll just leave it up to uh, her. And, uh, and then it came one Sunday, they're driving home from church and she says, uh, honey, I, I spent more than the amount that we're supposed to confer on. He goes, okay, what was it? You know, he's trying to be gracious husband to her. And she says, 
Well, you know how Pastor tonight was talking about how all that we have is God's and not our own? And he goes, yeah. She goes, well, if I'm being honest, that money that we were leaving in the checking account wasn't for me a safety net. I wasn't doing that. It was, it was all selfish. I just thought, this is mine. I want to do what I want with it. I thought I, I had even lined out some things that we were going to do with the money. And, and, uh, and tonight, I, I just said, you know what? It's not mine. It's God's. And so I wrote a check to the church. And he said, for how much? And she said, the balance of our checking account. And uh, he, he responded good, apparently, to it. But, uh, but um, she just had to come to this point of, it's not ours. I, I have this selfish mindset. It's God's money, not my own. I remember something similar happened in our life where, uh, man, it was a great month uh, for, I was working as the, uh, as an uh, assistant manager of some apartments there in Moses Lake, and uh, I had just, I was about to get in my next check a huge bonus, because I had gotten a bunch of people to renew their lease, and uh, long leases, which gave me a little bit of a bonus with that, and I was super excited about it, and Rebecca had more piano students than she had ever had at one time, and we were, I was like, man, this is going to be good, and I started making plans for what we were going to do with all of this money, and wouldn't you know it, when all of that money started coming and falling in our lap, was the same month that at our church there in Moses Lake, we were all supposed to be praying about how much we're going to give to the building fund, because this property was coming up for us to uh, possibly purchase and, uh, and end up getting land for our church. And uh, through the process of prayer, I felt the Lord kind of telling me uh, this dollar amount that was at the whole bonus that I was going to get, and, uh, and, and more and I was like, eh, there's no way because I already got plans for that money. That's my money. I worked, I worked to get those leases renewed. I'm going to use that money. And I had the wrong mindset about it. It was my resources. It was my money. I was going to use, do what I wanted with it. And honestly, I would have stayed with that mindset if it weren't for my godly wife because later that month is coming down to almost the Sunday that we got to write the check and give it to the building fund and everything. And uh, and or write down a commitment of what we're going to do in the next uh, few weeks. And I remember talking to her, and I said, uh, I said, hey, how much are, do you think that we should give to this? And I had come in my mind, I was going to lay out a number that was 10% of my bonus because I was going to give a tithe. That's spiritual, right? 10% of my bonus, I was going to give that to the Lord. And uh, I, I remember that was the number I had in my mind. And uh, she looks at me and she goes, you know, I'm thinking that bonus that you're going to give, we should give it all to the building fund. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, what? But she wasn't done. She continued. And I was like, oh no. She continued and she goes, and all of my piano money for the next month, we should give that too. And I'm like, okay. I didn't even tell her the amount that I was planning on doing because then I just, I felt like a worthless human being, you know, because I, what, what was it? What was it? There had to be a mindset change in my life that it wasn't mine. It was God's. It wasn't mine. It was God's. And I'm not saying that the only way to be spiritual is to give all of your money away, okay? That's not, I mean, those illustrations kind of seem that way, but I'm not saying to be spiritual or to be godly. You have to give all of your money away and give it to the Lord, but uh, God talks much in his word, uh, uh, it, he does talk much in his word about providing for our families and, and stewarding the resources that we have well, but what, I'm, what I am saying is that oftentimes we view those resources as our own, as ours, and uh, when, so when the concept of giving or the, an opportunity even of giving to something or to someone comes up, we often don't take it because our mindset is in the wrong place. We're thinking this is mine, not this is God's given to me to do whatever he might will me to do. <clears throat> uh, the, 
the unfaithful servant in our passage was told by his Lord, you knew that this was mine and you did nothing with it. You, you should have at least put it in the bank so that when I came back, I earned a little bit of interest on it, but you misused, you wasted the resources that I had entrusted to you. <clears throat> and what we need to recognize is that everything we have is God's and we need to remember that so that it motivates us to not misuse the resources that God has entrusted to us. So we need to shift our mindset from not enough to more than enough. And we need to shift our mindset from my resources to God's resources. And then lastly, we need to shift our mindset from I'll give when to I'll give now. Not to I'll give when, but I'll give now. Often, as I said at the beginning of the message, we have a desire to give, but we have this mindset of I'll give when I have more money to give, or I'll give when there's more certainty in the economy. And just a side note, if that's what you're waiting for, it ain't never going to happen, it seems, okay? So uh, just saying, we, but we say, I'll give when, and we attach something to it. But Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, he said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? In 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says to the Corinthians, now therefore perform the doing of it. This is right after he says about the Macedonian givers that out of their deep poverty they gave. He says, now you perform the doing of it that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. What is Paul saying? He's saying that eagerness that you have to give needs to be matched with giving. <laughs> don't just have the eagerness to do it. Actually do it and don't wait for some perfect moment to do it. Start now, we need to get to work on stewarding the resources that God has given to us for his glory. The first two verses, uh, or the first two servants that we see in our passage got their money and they got right to work turning it uh, for a profit for their Lord. And, and it, to apply that, how do we then turn what we have, our resources, for a profit? How do we do that? Well, the Bible, when we'll get into it in the next few weeks, the Bible tells us we put it, invest it into eternal valuable, uh, things that have eternal value, things that uh, the Lord would have us invested in. We use it for the purposes of the Lord because when you give to God, you don't lose anything. You actually gain a lot when you give to the Lord. It's like this weird economy that doesn't make, the numbers don't add up, <laughs> that you give and yet you seem to gain every single time. And I'm not talking about some prosperity gospel where you give and give and give and God will just continue to bless and bless with more and more money and a new car and all those things. Sometimes the very thing that we get is peace of mind for obeying God's commands. Sometimes the very thing we get is just the blessing uh, of knowing that we helped someone uh, to get, I, I think of just recently, uh, that uh, we had an opportunity to, uh, as a church, to give to someone. There was a, a we were, I was at a church planning conference and we were going to uh, go and give uh, to some church planners and there was a person who was coming to Wenatchee from the church planning conference. They were coming to Wenatchee to minister at a different church in town of a church that was kind of dwindling. The pastor needed encouragement and the Lord was just kind of leading, hey, that church can't give a love offering to them. How about you give a love offering to that man? I'm like, but we're supposed to give to church planning, not to this man. And yet, uh, it, just understanding that it was, uh, it was God's to give and we ended up giving it to him. And here's, here's the blessing of it. I say all that to see the blessing of it. I didn't know... I didn't know at all what this man 
paid to get up here to Wenatchee and, and flights and all that. But I, I wrote the check and I, I gave it to him from our church just to bless. And, and then um, the next day he comes up to me and he says, hey, I want to show you something. And he pulled out his phone and showed me the amount for his flights that he paid, which he got them pretty cheap because um, I, I can't fly for that cheap. I don't know when he bought it. But uh, he looked at him and, uh, and he showed me it was Oh, it was eight, only $8 less than what the check that we wrote for him was. Sometimes when we give and we're generous to people, maybe even in the community, we might actually see that what the Lord gave us or uh, led us to give, the blessing that we get back isn't more money that God you know, blesses us with double fold what we gave away, but that God gives us peace of mind and that God gives us uh, uh, the blessing of knowing that we met a need of someone else. There's so many things outside of just financial blessings when it comes to giving to God because truly when we trust the promises of God, and give the blessings, if you really dive into all the promises and the blessings that come about because of it, they're unmatched. They are unmatched. And sometimes the numbers don't seem to add up, but uh, the blessing is, is such a, an amazing thing to see how your life can then affect other people for the gospel. I, I was reading about this guy named Orville Rogers who uh, was born in 1917, and in his teenage years, he grew a passion for, uh, for the Lord and for airplanes. He liked flying. And uh, long story short, what ended up happening was he, uh, went to, he went to college, then he was about to go into seminary, but before he got get into seminary, he ended up having to, uh, got called to fight in World War II. And he, uh, he ended up flying there, and when he came back, started working for a commercial airline, and all the while as he's working, he's giving to the Lord's work. He's using his talent of, and his gift of being able to fly, to fly Bibles into locations that they don't have a Bible in their language. He was so, uh, he loved that the Bible was in his heart language, in English, and he knew that so many languages around the world don't have that luxury, but when they did, he volunteered his time to fly those Bibles over to missionaries so they could hand out uh, the word of God into other people's uh, languages. And and the numbers, they don't add up, okay? If you just look at them face value, in the 40 years that he worked from the time he started working in the military all the way to uh, the time that he was in his 90s and, uh, and was uh, getting money for races and stuff like this, he, he, he ended up getting about $1.5 million in income in that amount of time, which if you actually do the math, 40 years, 1.5, that's not really that much. It's about 37000 a year. Uh, and uh, But in that time, 1.5 million that he had in his income. But over that course of time, he was able to give 35 million to the work of missions and to the work of God. How? That just makes zero sense. He only had 1.5 million. Well, obviously, other gifts were coming in, and instead of flowing through him, he just outflowed them right to other people. When money came in uh, to... Uh, do the work of flying the airplanes and things. He just funneled it right through him and gave it, a, he didn't take it as income, he just put it right back into mission work and all of that. And uh, I think of, there's a similar story, Rebecca and I got to uh, experience this when we were in Yakima for a church planning conference a few years back. There's this older couple and they're retired now and I, I can't recall their names, I wish I could, but uh, they have this thing, they dedicated to the Lord however many years ago that every year at this church planning conference, they were going to give everything that they had uh, gotten outside of their normal income to ch church planning at one church planner every year at this, uh, at this home pl church planning missions conference. And uh, <clears throat> so what they started to do is, once, especially once they retired, 
That's not a lot, right? You don't have a lot of extra income coming in uh, when their health has gotten to the point where they can't do a lot uh, and make extra money. So what they started doing is they started going to thrift stores and rummaging the pockets of suit coats and stuff and getting uh, money out of those. He's, uh, they started uh, picking up every penny and every single coin that they could on the ground and all because they had a dedication and a focus of we dedicated to give to the Lord's work and this is how we're going to do it and we want it to be as much as we can. And I remember uh, in us going and presenting the need of us starting the church here, we went up and uh, we presented and this man stood up and I had no clue who he was. Everyone else at the conference knew who he was. They're like, oh, when they see him stand up because they knew when he stands up, it means he's about to, they call it the cat in the bag. He's about to let the cat out of the bag and uh, whatever money was in the bag, give it. And they ended up giving to our church. It was a few thousand dollars over the course of one year of rummaging thrift store finds and, and finding uh, coins on the ground and stuff like that that they gave to the work of the Lord all because of their dedication to it. In fact, I have it and it's already packed else I would have brought it this morning. Uh, but we're in the middle of moving right now. So uh, that, there's this, these two coins I have in a Ziploc baggie that was in that he gave us. Gave, gave us. And he told me the story behind it that there was a silver coin he, th- he thought it was a nickel or something, kind of ingrained in the parking lot. And uh, they had dedicated to the Lord, whatever we see and get outside of our income, we're going to give to church planning. So they, he, uh, as a retired man, got down on his knees with a screwdriver and chiseled what he thought was a nickel out of this thing. There ended up being two coins. The silver coin wasn't a nickel, it was a Canadian coin. <laughs> so he was like, well, you can just keep this. And the other one was a penny. That's all it was, a Canadian coin and a penny. But he gave, uh, or any work to give to the Lord's work. And man, the blessings that that family has seen and the amount, if you, if you were to look at their income for uh, their retirement and what they're getting every single uh, month and the amount that they give to the Lord's work every single year, the numbers don't add up. It, it really doesn't add up. <clears throat> but, uh, and really that's what the Macedonians we could have been said about the Macedonians in Second Corinthians. The numbers just don't add up, but they had a mindset to give, and they didn't say, I'm gonna wait till a certain time. They said, I'm gonna do what, uh, for the Lord's work what I can do right now with what I have. And friends, the Lord could come back just as we see here in our passage that the Lord could come back and we have nothing to show for what he's given to us because we didn't invest it uh, invest our resources into his work. The first two servants, they got right to work and they invested what they had and they had something to show for it when the Lord came back to give, but the unfaithful servant had nothing. If we're not investing in the Lord's work now, then when the Lord comes back, we may not have much to show for it. So don't put it off. Don't wait until you have more because the the truth is, if you won't do it now when you have little, you won't do it later when you have a lot, as Jesus said. And no matter our age, we can recognize right now that it's never too early to start. You can start however, whatever age you're at, that I have just very little right now, but I'm gonna give some of it to the Lord. And the other principle is it's never too late to start. Now is the time to start being generous and giving to the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> maybe you're, you're here today and you'd say, I really want to give, Pastor, right? I want to be generous. I want to be a good steward of the Lord's resources, but I I really just don't have enough faith for that, I feel. If we had a spiritual conversation and I asked you where you are with God, you might even say, 
uh, I'm not really sure. You might feel guilty for some things you've done. You might feel like God is far away. You might feel like uh, you just constantly fail him in this area. But I wanna remind you about one of the most amazing attributes of God. Because really, even this area of giving comes back to this. God is loving. And God is so loving. What does love always do? Love gives. Love always gives. And, and scripture says that God, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. The son of God who is perfect in every way. Jesus, without sin, became the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. He died on the cross and God raised him from the dead so that anyone, uh, and that includes all of us, anyone who calls out on that name, the name of Jesus, and cries out for forgiveness, your sins will be forgiven and you can be made completely brand new. And today, if we're not where we should be with God, what do we do? We, we step away from our old way of thinking. We repent of our sins and we turn to Jesus. If you're here today and you say, I don't even know if I'm in a relationship with God, that's the first step. Turning from your way and saying, Lord, I give you myself. For, for all that you gave to me, I give myself to you. And if you've never done that in your life and you don't know if you have a relationship with God, would you find me after the service? I'd love to show you from the word of God how you can know that you've entered into a relationship with Christ and that you are on your way to heaven to spend eternity with him one day. But if you do know that, our motivation is still the same. Our motivation is it should still be the same as the day we got saved. Lord, because of the wonderful gift that you have given me and the blessings and gifts that you continue to provide for me, I respond in surrender to you. I give you my life. Lord, I give you my money. I give you my resources. God, help me to see I don't need more. You have given me more than enough. You have given me what I need to accomplish your will in my life. Uh, and, and help me, Lord, to remember it, it is yours. It's not mine, it is yours. So help me to remember that, to not delay, but to start now living a life that is characterized by giving, just as you, Jesus, did when you were here walking on this earth. Thank you so much for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. For more information about our ministry, check out our website at wenatchechurch.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, hit the share button or take a screenshot and share it on your social media, and tag us at Wenatchee Church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.